Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 28th of October. A retrial date has been set for the 20th of February next year in the Bruce Lerman sexual assault case. It comes after the judge yesterday dismissed the entire jury after juror misconduct. It's understood they accessed information online and brought it into the deliberation room. Mr Lerman has pleaded not guilty to assaulting former Liberal Party staffer Brittany Higgins in Parliament House in 2019. He's been granted bail until the retrial. In other news this Friday morning, the federal opposition has taken a swipe at the federal government's first budget, labelling it a failure filled with broken promises. Peter Dutton delivered his first budget reply as opposition leader last night, arguing the budget does little to help with the rising cost of living. There are concerns over soaring power prices in the budget forecasts, with Mr Dutton saying when it comes to Labor's grand plans for switching to renewables, the devil is in the detail. The technology just doesn't yet exist at the scale that is needed to store renewable energy for electricity to be reliable at night or during peak periods. Meantime, the country's energy ministers will meet in Melbourne today to discuss the state of the market with costs set to soar by 50% over the next two years. Some experts have been calling for a price cap on gas producers, including Andrew Richards from the Energy Users Association. We think a temporary cap on domestic wholesale gas prices is something that would be well worth considering, something that we think would work. Again, it's temporary. A voluntary buyback scheme has been announced for flood-ravaged communities in the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales. Under the $800 million state and federal government plan, around 2,000 homes will be eligible to be purchased back or for additional funding. Almost 1,000 residents around the Northern Rivers region remain in emergency housing after major flooding earlier this year. Meantime, wild storms have swept across parts of Queensland overnight with the Weather Bureau issuing a number of new weather warnings for this weekend in central and southern areas of the state. An emergency alert has been issued for the Gympie local government area with up to 200 millimetres of rain set to fall. This local telling Channel 7 the latest storm overnight was terrifying, ripping roofs off homes and smashing trees. Storm was like nothing else that I've ever seen. It was, I've been through three or four cyclones and this beat it hands down. It was, it was like a tornado. Further south, authorities say it's still too early to know the true extent of the damage along the Murray River on the New South Wales-Victoria border after record-breaking floods. In Echuca, the town's controversial levy has protected most homes and properties, but not all of them, with residents on the so-called wet side now threatening legal action. Here's Victoria SES Commissioner Tim Weebush. Until we can get impact assessment teams into those areas as the the Murray starts to recede over the coming days, we won't be able to give actual figures. But at this stage, there's still fairly low numbers at this point. Staying in Victoria and just four weeks out from the state election, firefighters are stepping up their campaign to get Premier Daniel Andrews sacked. The United Firefighters Union has organised 150 fire trucks with anti-Dan messaging to hit the roads across the city today. James Lake in Melbourne says it's a very different story compared to the last state election when firefighters were campaigning for the Premier. You could call it a form of industrial action against the government, Tash, and a very targeted campaign against the Premier. 
United Firefighters Union boss Peter Marshall used to be a close friend of Andrew's, but things have soured in recent years with the Premier accused of betraying firefighters. The union is getting nowhere at the moment in its push for more money and resources, including an 8.6% annual pay increase, a dedicated compensation scheme for firefighters who acquire work-related cancers, and a massive fleet of new fire trucks for Victoria to update crumbling resources. The iconic Big Orange in Queensland is going up for sale for the first time in 45 years, with the landmark owned by the same family for a number of decades. A reporter, Adam Tullio, has the details from regional Queensland. Yes, Tash, the Richards family is asking for $1 million for the iconic Big Orange, located in the heart of Gangda in Queensland. Situated near the Burnett River, the landmark's been pivotal in showcasing the local citrus industry, where acres of orchards are picked for our Australian food industry. The tourist hotspot also comes with some orchards, a cafe and a house all included in the major sale. It's unknown if there are any buyers out there just yet, but if you're looking at owning one of the big things of Australia, you may have to get in quick. And what a way to start your weekend. Three very lucky Aussies have taken out the record-breaking $160 million Powerball jackpot overnight. One of the winners from Melbourne reportedly burst into tears when he was told he'd won. The other winners are from Sydney and WA. They'll each pocket a staggering $53 million. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. The fallout from those shock inflation numbers this week continues with the major banks now predicting the RBA might go back to a 0.5% rate hike as early as next week. Yeah, Tash, good morning. The hits keep coming, don't they? The inflation number was ugly. As we regularly say, sometimes you see those numbers. I mean, no one, no one assumes the inflation isn't bad. We all know how much we're paying at the at the pump and paying at the checkout. If you're in business, you know how much it's costing you to buy. You know anything you're doing. So it's not a surprise that inflation is high. But that number was a real shock when you see it in black and white. And I think it's going to be a shock for the RBA as well. Westfax Bill Evans, one of the guys who is uh, often talked about as the RBA whisperer, someone who gets those calls more right uh, than wrong most of the time. He's already predicting a half a percent increase. Of course, we all know the RBA went down from a half to a quarter just this month in what we thought was a moderation, a tempering, maybe a, you know, getting ready to get to somewhere towards a pause. The most recent inflation data, though, suggests they've got more work to do than maybe even they thought. Now, whether they will change their minds, whether they'll uh, worry about loss of face or, or wanting to whipsaw the, the community around too much, they may still go with a quarter. Uh, but what I think is pretty clear is that inflation number says there are more rate rises ahead than even the RBA had probably thought previously. And Scott, speaking of banks, ANZ yesterday turned in a $6.5 billion full-year profit, a lift of around 5%. Interesting to note, though, the bank is confident borrowers will be able to manage higher rates. I'm not sure they've spoken to the right customers. <laughs> That's a really good point, right? So, the, uh, yeah, I'm glad you raised that bit. Here's the, here's the thing. they look, and, and this was a reasonably nuanced conversation. ANZ, it's like they, they know that some will do it tough. So they're not saying no one's in trouble or it's not going to be bad for some people. What they're saying is the vast, vast bulk was the phrase that was used by the CEO. And he talked about the fact that uh, most people are, A, getting pay rises, and B, are further ahead on their mortgages than they've ever been in the bank's history. I, I agree with you. Those things are true. And yet, it's still not going to mean... Remember, when we have recessions, um, economies go from plus 2 to minus 2% growth. And that's a really small difference in absolute percentage points, but it's a really significant financial impact. The same will be true 
if rates do cause that sort of mortgage pain and do require people to unfortunately hand in the keys and and try and get out of that mortgage or pay off that mortgage somehow uh, it's going to be tough for a lot of people whether it's tough enough to hurt ANZ might be a different question but economically and particularly for those people who are going to be hurt by this uh, a really really challenging next six months ahead yeah 100% and back to the future part of his budget reply speech we mentioned this earlier Scott from federal mm. opposition leader Peter Dutton and he's called for first home buyers to be allowed to use their super to buy a house Oh man, Tash! I, I don't want to get started on a Friday morning. It's you know we we, we want to end the week on a, on a, on a positive we? note. Okay, good. Okay, anyway. Um, I, look, I, you know, here's the thing: politicians. Let me, let me editorialise slightly. Politicians are all good about worrying about housing affordability, except for actually doing anything properly about Indeed. the price of housing. And so every solution comes down to how do we maintain the price of housing and help people pay that high price rather than actually recognising the price as an issue in itself. Look, I don't blame people who are listening to this and saying, if that's the only way I can get a house, at least let me do that. Mm -hmm. I completely understand that. You also said, by the way, which I quite liked, at least the raising of the issue is a lot of uh, older women who are separated or or, or have been uh, unfortunately subject to domestic or family violence, um, they might be able to use their super to get into a house when they otherwise couldn't do it. So there are there are real needs out there, and he's right to identify those needs. What I dislike about this and, frankly, most other policies is it's the robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's the, the sense of, yeah, we've got super over here. We can use that as a, as a magic pudding for everything we might want to do uh, rather than addressing either why prices are so high or what else we could do as a society to help those people. So I'm glad it was raised. We know it's an issue, and I shudder to think those are the only solutions that we might have, but... That's the situation, at least he is suggesting we find ourselves in. I hope there's a bit more courage across the political spectrum to solve some of these things. Politicians not delivering solutions. There's a bombshell for a Friday. <laughs> Thanks so much, Scott. Happy Friday, guys. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, there is more COVID drama in the Aussie squad ahead of tonight's World Cup clash with England. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. Glenn Maxwell's been spotted with gloves on practising his wicket-keeping with Matthew Wade in doubt for tonight's World Cup clash with uh, England, as you said, due to COVID. Now, he's reportedly only suffering minor symptoms and still is expected to play. That's according to the Cricket Australia website. While skipper Aaron Finch says Adam Zampa has fully recovered from his own COVID battle. I've heard that Zamps is feeling a lot better. He, he's been up and about a little bit. He was not crook, but he was really flat the day before the game and I expected he'll be available, yeah. And Matthew Wade is the only specialist keeper in the squad, so they would desperately hope that he can get up and play tonight. Last night, South Africa cruised to victory over Bangladesh, while India had a big win over the Netherlands. And to Rugby League now, Brett, and the World Cup uh, with the Kangaroos, they're attempting to play mind games with Italy. Who doesn't love a mind game? Yeah, Mel Meninga's having a bit of fun. He's uh, <laughs> released his squad in alphabetical order with the numbers mixed up. So he heard yesterday from Nathan Cleary that he and Daly Cherry Evans will team up in the halves. Normally the halfback wears number seven, the 5'8 wears number six, but instead uh, Cleary and Cherry Evans will wear number two and number 14. Latrell Mitchell has been recalled. Harry Grant will be rested, but NRL reporter Brent Reid believes that he is still the first choice uh, number nine. I think Harry will definitely be there. He's the yep. one uh, you can 
count on because he's been outstanding. Of course. He's been outstanding in the first two games. He's probably the best hooker in the game, right, Harry Grant? So yes. he's going to be the hooker come the quarterfinals. Just in some AFL news, AFL executive Travis Old is on the shortlist to become the Bombers' next CEO. He's being sounded out by a firm tasked with filling the gig, while Andrew Dillon is the man most likely to take over from Gil McLaughlin as the AFL CEO. He's been working there as their legal advisor for many years. And uh, the Wallabies face Scotland this weekend, a big test coming up. Five changes to Dave Rennie's starting side. Tate McDermott is the shock selection at scrum half, while Michael Hooper's been recalled for the first time since taking a mental health break back in July, Tush. You take care and have a lovely weekend. Thanks so much, Brett. You too. Thanks, Tush. And the title and cover of Prince Harry's contentious new memoir have been released overnight. The Duke of Sussex's new book is called Spare and will be published on the 10th of January. But UK writer and broadcaster Esther Kraku was told Sky News she thinks the book will be extremely watered down since the death of his grandmother, Queen Elizabeth II. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be a very interesting book. I don't think it's going to be as salacious as most people thought. Um, I just think it's going to be a write-off, really. There are reports part of the proceeds of Harry's book will go to charity. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you Monday. Listener.